Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 141, The Precision to Perfection. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Dale as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, it's humid, very, very humid, but you know what, nobody gets to see this sweaty sweatiness, so it's cool. <laughs> there you go, yeah, it's pretty, pretty muggy out here as well. <laughs> It'll be a very sticky episode. There you go. <laughs> but today we're not talking about our body liquids. That's weird saying that. Today we're going to be talking about laser engraving, which is pretty cool. But before we do that, I'm sure the listeners would love to know who is Dale. Yeah. So I'm a creative designer and I am the owner of Dendron Design Company. Um, so I do branding, graphic design for small businesses, um, really any sort of creative thing. So I kind of jumped into laser cutting as kind of a side project that I'm kind of merging with my full-time work. So you got like a side hobby with your real job. You know what? You make time for your hobby. Ooh, pun intended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but before we jump into the topic of laser engraving as your hobby, I'm sure everybody would love to know where can they find you, whether it's social media, websites, or businesses you like to share. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have a couple Instagram accounts. One's my personal account, which you'll see a little bit of my laser engraving work on there. Um, that is Dale J. Schneider on Instagram. And then I also have Dendron Design Co. on Instagram and dendrondesignco.com where you can see a little more of the design work and the, the creative juices going. That's perfect. I'll put all those down below so people can go check it out, show some love and just follow your journey and follow your beautiful engravings. You send me some of the pictures and they look dope. They look awesome, man. I appreciate that. It's, it's a lot of fun. All right. So we're going to just jump right into it for people who might not know what it is. What is laser engraving? So laser engraving is taking a laser head that's mounted to a CNC machine and you upload a design and it prints it out similar to how a printer goes back and forth. Um, you'll upload your design, hit go, adjust your settings, and it'll actually take that laser. And depending on your power and speed settings, it can either rasterize and engrave on an image or it can cut all the way through something. So you can actually cut out shapes and, and materials and that sort of thing. So a lot of people will use it for just artwork in general, or you can use it for like engraving names on things to kind of personalize it a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what we use it for. Actually, on that point, I'm skipping some of the questions, but do you have anything in your house that has your engraving that's like, oh, this is like my counter. I just engraved this. It's like, Dale, just in big. <laughs> um, I have a couple things I made in college. Actually, what I sent you a picture of that I, I usually keep on my desk. And a lot of people will come by and just start striking up a conversation about it. And so it's a, it's a really nice piece to have. But I do plan to add a lot more. I actually just bought a new laser cutter yesterday. So I'm in the process of getting that up and running and be using it a lot more. And what kind of materials can you use to cut through? So it could be, I'm sure paper would just burn up. Well, it actually depends on the, the wattage of your laser. So a lot of entry level lasers will start at like two watts, three watts. The one I bought is a 5.5 watt and they go all the way up to, you know, a thousand watts or higher sometimes. Wow. Like, yeah, they can get pretty energy intensive here. But mostly the five watt ones, about the most I can cut all the way through is like a three millimeter plywood, which I can then use to, to build other things, you know, cut it in a way that you can join things together three dimensionally. But then you can have more powerful lasers like the, the 40 watt is pretty standard. They can cut through thicker woods and, um, you know, acrylics. And if you get a, a fiber laser, they can actually etch into metal and stainless steel. So there, there's a lot of different varieties of 
what you can cut depending on what you're willing to spend the money on. You know what? It kind of reminds me. I don't know if it was real or fake, but have you ever seen that video on YouTube of this uh, naval ship shooting a laser at a drone and it just burnt down like it destroyed the drone just with a laser? I, I can see that. If you get several <laughs> thousand watts worth of power, it, it can it can burn up very quickly. This one that I'm using is a five watt, so I can cut out basic computer paper without burning it up if I want to, if I dial down the power a little bit. Um, so you can get really fine tuned with it. That was so cool. Actually, so this is the one you have now, but how did you actually get introduced to laser engraving? Yeah, so I started, it was my junior year of college at East Carolina University. And there was a, I was taking a letterpress class and we had just opened up the Shape Lab, which is where we started adding, we had a full... I think it was a shop bot or something like that, large CNC machine for wood. And we also had a couple 3D printers, a 3D scanner, and a laser engraver. And this laser engraver was, I want to say, a 60-watt epilogue laser. Um, so it was fairly powerful. You could cut through fairly um, thick plexiglass and that sort of thing. And I noticed that everybody was getting backlogged in the letterpress class because we had to create our designs ship them off to a company to have them manufacture the plates for letterpress. I don't know how familiar you are with that process, but um, we we had to wait two or three weeks to get these plates back in order to print with letterpress. So I decided to go ahead and get some plexiglass, like an eighth inch thick or, or whatever the standard plate size was, and start etching my own plates there in the shape lab. Um, so, so that kind of got me started and got me hooked on thinking about what I can do differently with these lasers to to kind of change the process a little bit. So on that note, do you still own your first design or is that somewhere lost or you gave it to somebody? I definitely still have it. My first one was um, this print I did. I think the project was we had to design a show poster for one of our favorite bands. So I did one for Trevor Hall and I basically engraved the plate to have his name, a made up venue name and um, a couple modern looking flat slats that didn't really have a whole lot of detail in them. I had those cut out and printed on the letterpress as well. So I still have a lot of those posters. They didn't turn out great being the first run. There's a lot of experimentation you have to do, but I was proud of how they came out with just because I figured out how to do it. Yeah, it's your baby. It's your first one. You love it just as much as your most recent one. It's where you started. Absolutely. Now I'm looking at some of the pictures you sent me and they look so intricate. It kind of reminds me like the inside of a clock. So on that note, that's a weird way of thinking, but how do you come up with the designs? Because I see some triangles, I see some semicircles, I see some very thin lines and stuff like that. So how does, what's the thought process when it comes to a design? Yeah, it's it's funny you say that it reminds you of a clock because it's thought, the way I design it is very similar to that. I'll, I'll set up a board in Illustrator and I'll use vector artwork, um, which is basically mathematically formulated lines so that you have very crisp edges. Um, and I'll... I'll start with just a circle and I'll divide it up into different pie slices. So that way I have lines going through it symmetrically. And then I'll design whatever I want to design along one of those slices. And then I'll duplicate it around the rest of the circle. And then I can take that full circle and duplicate it and move it around. Or, you know, it's really a matter of just playing with it and figuring out what's too small to engrave, what could use a little more detail here adding bridges in between these type of shapes and so you just kind of play with it and you might have to do a couple test prints and make sure that what you're imagining is going to actually be able to be produced but it's just trial and error at that point now i've noticed there's some of them that are like i say desk size is probably the size of a phone it's just in the design wise but you send me a picture of one that's 
like it's too big to be in the frame of the picture. So on that note, how big is the biggest one you've ever made? So I think the largest I've made is about 24 inches by 12 inches. You're really, most laser engravers, you're limited to the bed size. Some of the more industrial, like commercial ones can get larger than that, but a lot of your hobby ones will they'll start to cap out about that size. You may be, may be able to get a little bit larger, but that was the largest that I could fit in the bed that we had. And there are some lasers that you can actually set on top of your material and move the actual laser, like the whole thing, if you want. Um, and then you can, you're just basically limited to, you know, the size of your room if you wanted to. <laughs> until, <laughs> until you actually get physically tired of moving around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I see some colors in the pictures you sent me, and I see some very uh, reused colors, some orange, yellow, and red. Are those your favorite colors, or do you just like using any colors at all? And if so, what inspires you to use certain colors? Um, I like using anything. Uh, I try to keep some sort of color palette going. A lot of what I do is layer the paper so that you get some of the different things coming through, the different details, which that project that you saw was based on layering three intricate designs on top of each other with spacers in between them. So you have kind of this whole depth of field thing going on. And I noticed that if I colored the paper, you would pick up on these details a lot better than leaving it just white paper. So I did do this whole, you know, tricolor yellow, orange, red to make it work well together, but still be able to pick out all those little details. So I think that's my favorite way to do it. It doesn't necessarily have to be yellow, orange, red, but it can be you know, any sort of color scheme that that suits the project have you ever tried some sort of like glow in the dark i have not that'd be a great idea though <laughs> and you're talking about the layers as well for you what is your ideal amount of layers to use to make these creations oh man it's as many as i can get <laughs> but one of the issues i ran into is if you're not really planning through your artwork if you slap on too many layers then you lose them very quickly like after three or four deep your fifth layer might not show up at all between all the gaps. So it, you really have to make sure that your line work has windows in it that let you see the bottom, the layers underneath of it. Wait, so actually, how many have you actually made in your lifetime? I know it's a hard question to ask, but I feel like you might know. It's <laughs> a very hard question, um, mostly because there's so much process work that goes into it. For every piece that I make, there's at least probably 20 other pieces that was just make ready and testing the settings to try to get the right formula of speed and and power um so i mean it's got to be up in the hundreds now just to if you include all of that process work and when it comes to actual design you say you planned before but has it ever happened while you're creating something like well what if i was tr to try this instead absolutely uh, i would say almost every time you kind of general idea going into it and then i mean even even when i'm designing logos and that sort of thing at work it's it's that process of design. You kind of get lost in it and you find things that you never thought you would if you just only sketched and vectorized it. You, you kind of have to spend some time playing around and have that little happy serendipity moment. So taking all that time to play around, how long does it usually take you to complete one project? Um, it depends on the size. Those, those um, things that I send you the picture of, they probably took about four to five hours each from beginning to end. Um, and that includes actually CNCing the wooden frames and that sort of thing. So some of them are very quick. The laser that I just bought runs a lot slower than the the epilogue laser, so it might take me you know an hour just to cut out those pieces of paper in this one. Whereas on the one I did it on, it took maybe two minutes. So 
it, it really depends on the power you're working with. And I know this is a really hard question. It's a really stupid question as well. Do you ever name your creations like this is Bob? Yes. <laughs> well, maybe not Bob, but I mean, <laughs> maybe something more I majestic. Haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, but now that you mentioned it, I'm sure that's going to be the first thing I think of. <laughs> <that bring. laughs> your next creation, you're like, yes, this is Bob. Bob, you are be- Bob is beautiful. <laughs> Welcome to the world, Bob. <laughs> and where do you tend to go to improve your laser engraving skills? Let's say to learn more about it. Yeah. Um, so the laser that I have actually, um, they tell you about a support group type thing on Facebook that's based on the manufacturer of the laser. And it is extremely active. There's at least 10 or 12 posts on this page every day of people asking questions and showing off their work. And it's been awesome just kind of learning from these guys. And a lot of their lasers actually have CNC drill bits as well. So they can do wood carvings and that sort of thing. That's very interesting to to look up as well. And then um, YouTube, of course, is always the... <laughs> the best school for hobby work as far as I've found. Okay. So you've seen a lot in your lifetime. So this is another hard question. What was the most impressive one you've seen? And I know it's going to be really hard to describe like, Oh, well it had a triangle, had a circle there, but I'm, I'm sure there's one that just pops in your mind. Oh man. Um, one that I saw, I know this is kind of on a tangent, but the CNC drill bits that I talked about, it uses the same machine as a laser. It's just not a laser head it has actual mechanical spinning mill bit. Um, but this guy put together this thick wooden piece that was a relief carving. It had some deer and some trees and a little river and that sort of thing. It was super intricate. I mean, it looked like a, an oil painting brought to life in a piece of wood. So that's the sort of thing that I would love to be able to emulate with paper layering and, and laser cutting and that sort of thing. Well, if you ever do that, once this episode comes out, you know, you got to have to share it and I can share that photo with the people. Definitely. What would you say is the best part about laser engraving on a personal and an emotional level? Um, I would say it it teaches you to take a step back and play. I mean, there's a lot of hobbies that I have that it's basically you start at point A and you have to learn a certain amount and get to point B and then you've arrived. But with laser etching and engraving, there's no arrival. It's all you're constantly playing. And even when you finish something, you're already thinking about the next thing you can make and and you start the whole process of playing again. So I think that's something that kind of bleeds over into the rest of your day. Like once you've started laser cutting, you'll sit outside or something and think about things differently because you're no longer focused on how things are going to turn out. You're focused on you know, the process of how you might get there. No, you said there's not necessarily an ending. You just got to keep going. Has it ever happened to you? You're looking at a project, you're like, all right, it's done. But what if I just tweaked this a little bit and it was like just so thin that it broke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that piece that I talked about that was 18 um, by 24 inches or 12 by 24, something like that. There's a few spots in there that they just get so tiny that if you're not very careful, things can start melting and, and burning and flaking off. And there, some of those burn spots are still in the final piece just because... You know, sometimes you just have to call it done or else you'll just go crazy. <laughs> I'm sure this comes with training and practice. You're like, all right, I got to step back. I can't just keep going at it or else I'm going to destroy the whole thing. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> the good news is even if you mess up the files, you just hit print again, change your settings. So it's not a it's not a huge deal if you mess up on one part of it. And on a weird tangent note, what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to laser engraving? Should you stay in front of the machine at all times or should you, are you allowed to go away? Is it like an oven where you can necessarily leave it? Or if it's like a, I don't know, a ball in a room, you can just leave it there and it'll be fine. Right. 
Um, that highly depends on the laser you're working with. Some of them have automatic shutoff features where if it gets bumped or if anything at all goes wrong, it'll automatically turn off the laser and shut down. Those are really great, especially if you plan on putting it in a room like a shop and walking away. Otherwise, I pretty much wouldn't leave it running at all unless I'm sitting there at it. Um, because if it does, if something does go wrong and the laser stops but stays on at full power, you can definitely start a fire in your house. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie. When you said that it turns off automatically, I thought I'm like, oh, it turns off automatically once you leave the rooms. Like it needs your attention to operate. <laughs> no, I have had things, um, especially with this new laser, where I'm standing there watching it and it'll stop mid-job, which kind of screws up your work. But that's because the computer ends up going to sleep and then the laser's relying on that. So it stops. That's frustrating. <laughs> the computer is like, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm bored. Let me, let me just go to yeah. sleep. <laughs> There's a lot of things you have to keep in mind. I mean, you can't look at the laser because you can definitely blind yourself. Um, even not even just looking up in the laser, but looking at your piece while it's being carved, you have to wear special glasses. There's certain things you can't cut. I believe vinyl, like you, you see like car vinyls and stickers and that sort of thing are normally cut with a blade because if you laser cut it, it'll release gases that are extremely toxic. So you kind of have to do your research on the material you're going to cut as well. That is a good point. It's actually a good segue to the next question. What are some good safety tips when it comes to laser engraving? I would say research it. I mean, other than eyeglasses, anything you're not sure about or haven't etched before, look it up because someone I guarantee you has done it before for better or worse. So they're all going to have stories on how well it worked or if they you know, got nauseous or something like that, if they etched something they were supposed to. It's always good to look that up ahead of time. And it is not laser eye surgery. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and so we talked about you doing it by yourself. Have you ever done it with other people? Like, do you enjoy creating something with company? Yeah. Um, all of the time in college, um, when I was playing with the epilogue laser, there was a full experimental class. Um, I believe they still have the class now. At least they did a couple semesters ago. Um, and they pretty much ran with the idea that I started where I was making these letterpress things. And they started using that pretty much on a daily basis. So they're printing all these you know, really neat shapes and inking them up and printing them on paper, doing all sorts of alternative print methods. Um, this one project, they created these plates and inked them up, and then they put plywood over top of it and ran their car over it instead of using a letterpress machine so they could actually ink the paper that way. So being with a group of people and bouncing ideas back and forth is it's you create pretty awesome things. I feel like it's like, yes, great idea. And then sometimes it gets really, like, really radical. Well, what if we did this? Like, that's crazy, but yeah. let's do it. Yes, it's perfect. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> In an art school, it always gets weird. Let's, let's <laughs> throw it off the roof, throw it into a yeah. like, no, I'm kidding. No, don't do that. But that's cool. I love how you guys bounce ideas off each other and it's always good. It's kind of like this conversation. We're just bouncing words off each other. It's a weird way of saying it, but yes, it's making it a lot more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. And uh, another word, another word. See, you got the word word stuck in my word. Good. I can't say anything else. What was your biggest challenge when you actually first started laser engraving? So the hardest thing is finding the proper settings to actually produce what you want. Um, there's a huge array of settings as far as speed and power goes. And you can be, you know, just barely different in your settings and your result turns out completely different. Um, so a lot of times you have this idea of what you want it to look like, but you get frustrated because you can't get it there. And it's just a matter of finding those settings that'll 
help you get there. I mean, that's part of the process because a lot of times if you can't get there, you find something else cool that you can get to and that kind of shapes your next projects. And does it ever happen to you like you're about to go to sleep and an idea just pops up in your head? Are you the type that says, you know what, I'll remember it in the morning or you draw it down or you go straight to the machine to make it? Uh, it, it depends. If I feel like it's a good idea, a lot of times I'll get out the sketchbook. I normally have one at least somewhere nearby and I'll, I'll sketch out the idea. Um, a lot of times I'll sketch it out and try to go back to sleep and realize <laughs> I can't. So I'll wake up and <laughs> start working on it. I could just imagine you starting the sketch as you're like half asleep. And then just yep. the, the pencil just drags off. You're like, oh, okay. Moments where you, you're sketching half asleep and in the morning you're like, what the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> you, started, you started writing out grocery lists, milk, eggs, what? <laughs> and what is your current late, uh, current challenge? Current challenge. Um, I'm actually building a bed for this laser editor that I bought yesterday or set up yesterday. And I'm trying to engrave a grid that matches my software so I can easily align things within the bed. Um, but it's proving to be a little bit difficult because I can't etch into aluminum with my laser. So what I'm doing is I'm spraying it with a matte paint and then etching away the paint so the aluminum shows through. I've been working on that this afternoon. We'll see how that turns out. How long do you expect it to take to complete? Um, if all goes well the first time, maybe an hour, but realistically, probably four to five hours. <laughs> Little did the listeners know, Dale is actually doing it right now as we speak. No, I'm kidding. Hey. <laughs> Yep. And I can imagine that can be pretty stressful if like something just doesn't come off or things doesn't go your way. So on that note, has laser engraving ever stressed you out? And if so, what is your go-to de-stressor? I always try to throw on some music, just, you know, chill hops radio, something like that, that if you start getting frustrated, just breathe, take a step back, take a break and then come back to it. You know what? I couldn't agree more. It would be kind of weird if I did this with this podcast. If I get stressed, just take a break from the conversation. Five hours later. All right, Dale, let's keep going. There you go. <laughs> uh, and another really tough question is probably the most important one. What are some misconceptions about people who do laser engraving? There's not a whole lot. I mean, it's fairly straightforward. You turn on a laser, engrave some things. But one thing I have found is that as soon as you tell someone that you have a laser engraver, they assume that you can engrave anything that they might need. They don't know the intricacies of how the different power steps of the the engravers are and that sort of thing. So. People kind of show me a, a material like metal or, or a dense plastic or clear acrylic or something, and they want me to etch something into it. But my laser is just not powerful enough to do it. And sometimes the laser that they would need costs $50,000. So <laughs> they can get real expensive real fast, and there's not a whole lot I can do to help them in that case. So it sounds like, it sounds like it's not a just one-case situation. It's happened to you many times, so I have to ask you, what was the weirdest thing somebody requested you to either engrave or engrave into or make a design? I don't know if it's weird, but I had a guy yesterday um, was talking about engraving into some of his firearms. I guess he wanted to personalize them a little bit. <laughs> so that was interesting. And so uh, this is an odd question to go along with that. What, what what item would you like to engrave next? Things that are engravable. I'm getting ready to start playing with more wood pieces. Um, there's You can look this up. There's a a thing called a live edge or a, a live hinge, I guess you'd call it. Um, you can take a sheet of plywood and depending on how you cut the pattern, you can actually make this wood bendable um, for the width, the, the etch that you've created or the cut that you've created. So a lot of people will create like book spines and, and journals and that sort of thing. So if my laser can handle it, which I don't know if it will, but we're going to test it out. And if it can, then 
that'll be my next project. Speaking of which, what kind of laser are you using? What's the name, the model? If just so listeners who are into laser engraving are like, oh, cool, that's the one he's using. That's the one I want. Yeah, so I'm using a Jinmitsu. Um, they're sold by Sane Smart, I believe. Um, this one was a little under 300 bucks, which is about as cheap as you'll get for entry level. Um, but it has one of the largest beds available at that price. So that's that's what I got just to play around with. Um, you can get them in different powers from, I think, maybe 2 watt up to 7 point something watts. So yeah, Jinmitsu. And to follow up that question, what is the next one you would like to get? Originally, I was looking at the Glowforge. Um, you see a lot of ads for those on Facebook. Um, but the research I've done is not really impressed with that. So I'm probably going to end up building my own. My next one. This one is a, a diode laser, so they go up to about seven watts. And the next step up is a CO2 laser, which you can get up to you know close to 100 watts or so. Um, so I, I think I'm going to just go ahead and get the resources and spend a little bit more and, and build one. And what was the biggest machine you've ever used, with, let's say, with the most wattage? I think it would be that epilogue, about 60 watts, I believe it was. And if you had the opportunity and somebody said, hey, Dale, would you like to use this 1,000 watt uh, laser? Would you say yes or no? <laughs> Absolutely. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, the person would ask you, hey, Dale, and you're already at the machine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm already here. I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to ask me. <laughs> yep. Do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality? Um, a little bit of both. It just depends. Um, sometimes I like to stay up late and, and work on stuff. Other times it's, you know, try to get people talking about it, interested in the work. And, you know, it's always fun to, to talk with them and teach them a little bit as you go. And another tough question. This is probably the hardest one. You got to be ready for this one. It's going to chill you to the bone. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> what, has later, uh, later, what has laser engraving taught you in life? Be patient and don't be afraid to experiment. There's only so many things you can do in life. So you kind of have to choose the ones that are, are worth your time. Same with laser engraving. If something's going to take you four hours, you need to, to choose a project you're going to be excited about and be willing to play with it to make it work. And the cool thing about laser engraving, you're doing a hobby while you can do another hobby. Let's say like knitting while you're watching. Just don't put it very close to the laser engraver. That could be dangerous. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes I can start up a project and then hop on a logo design or a or brochure or something like that. So It's a win-win for everybody. You get to play with two play with hobbies. Yeah, I guess you get to get, play along with two hobbies. Yeah. There you go. Do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Um, just take it slow. You don't have to engrave something huge right away. Start with something, you know, four to six inches by six inches and and just play with it. Do a lot of test runs. You can run the same job over and over on different settings just to, to learn your laser and how to do it. So that way you don't get too discouraged if you're trying to start too large. And I would also imagine not to try to laser engrave a tattoo onto yourself. Oh, man. I've had a lot of people ask me about that. I figured. <laughs> I, it definitely, I think, would work, but I would not recommend that because that, that would be extremely painful. Yeah, I could imagine like your, it would hit your nerves and you would twitch and then it would just put everything off center and also it could be very dangerous. So I don't think a human can hold that their arm steady like that for that much time without twitching even one little inch. Oof, yep. I'd hate <laughs> to see him try. And we've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, projects, or anything else that you would love to share so people can come show you some love? Um, yeah, if, if people want to check out the company I run, um, that's Dendron Design Company. Um, I do branding for small businesses, logos, brand identities, websites, that sort of thing. You know, we can always chat about laser engraving and, and show some more examples as well. 
feel free to check it out. And you're also on social media as well, correct? Yes. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well as Instagram. Perfect. I'll put all those down below so people can go check you out. Well, I guess check you out if they're interested. I don't know. Uh, but I mean like support <laughs> and show some love. That's that's the less creepy way of saying it. So they just get to see you go on your journey. Sounds great. And now for the last question, do you have any questions for me about laser engraving? Um, yeah, I'm wondering if, if you've ever had any experience or watched someone do it or, or seen things in person, that sort of thing. I held a laser pointer once. No, I'm kidding. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any experience with it. I wish I saw it. It would be really cool to see. Like my closest experience would be a YouTube video. And I was like this naval ship shooting down a, a plane. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, that's a little more than laser engraving, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that's laser la demolishing. Yeah, laser <laughs> demolishing. Exactly. Uh, but no, I would love to give it a try. Well, give it a try. When I say give it a try, I mean, watch somebody do it. Like the whole design process and like what goes into how they think about making up the new design and then just executing it, just seeing how it's made. That's a great thought. I might actually put together a video of that if people are interested. Hey, I'm interested and I'm sure the people who are going to listen to this episode would love to do it. And if you do do that, just send me the link and I'll put it down below so people can just watch it. You can be like, I'm doing this video because this jerk Alex talked about it on his <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. Now I got to own up to it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, now I'm trapped into it. <laughs> yeah, it's a commitment. It's recorded on here. It's trapped on the internet forever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Dale, for just coming on and just explaining more about laser engraving and teaching me to not point it in my eyes, to not tattoo myself to not try to destroy ships with it as well. Just be responsible. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on. If you guys want to learn more about Dell, you should go check him out. I'll put him, I'll put, not put him, but I'll put his links in the link, damn it, in the description below. There you go. So you guys can go check that out, show him some love, show him some support. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to show some more love, completely optional, you can actually buy some merchandise on Redbubble. It's a bunch of Time For Your Hobby logo on stuff you don't need. And I also have a Patreon, once again, optional. But all those links will be down below if you guys want to check it out. So yeah, once again, thank you so much, Dale. Yeah, thank you. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.